Hey everyone, it's Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21, here today in studio with Hunter Steele, tip of the spear. Uh, we missed last week, which, yeah, um, I was in Hurricane Landia. Um, we, we planned that. We planned that. Yeah, but yeah we, it was intentional. Um, dealing with hurricanes and all that stuff, it was a long week. Um, so, yeah, we missed last week and then played Wake Forest, and then we all know how that ended up. Mm-hmm. Um Florida State took the loss, and so now we're back this week. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover the NC State game this Saturday night at 8 o'clock, and then for the final segment, we're going to have a very special guest. We're going to talk about a tailgate that's going to take place on a weekend. We have no football game for FSU. Nice. Nice. I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about that. You just kind of gave me the rundown when you came in. It sounded sounded very interesting, so if you're listening, be sure to stick around. Cause oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. We'll, we'll be talking to um, Susie at Hands and Hearts for Horses um, and, and, and get the lowdown on everything they do to help people. It's a really, really, really wonderful organization, so can't wait to talk to her. Um, but, yeah, the Wake Forest game. Um, <laughs> where do we start is the I, real question. I don't know where to start. Um uh, overall impression, we just did not look like the team that we have looked like. Um, at the same time, there were some things that were positives to me. But at the same, I mean, I'm going to be blunt and just come out the box and say this. And I know a lot of people won't agree. On paper, uh, I understand other teams look better. Wake Forest, and I'm not just saying this because we lost. We knew going into the season, if Hartman was healthy and Hartman was playing, it was going to be a problem. They're running that slow mesh, that gimmicky kind of stuff. It works. It's hard for us to adjust to. You know, in a different, in a completely different context from what this is, it almost reminds me of, like, the Georgia Tech triple option back in the day. One of those gimmicky offenses. It's just a total headache. It Yeah, it, just, yeah. it, it throws you off, and it allows them um, to make strides and moves that um normally they wouldn't and i don't think we adjusted all that well not to mention with the injuries i mean having love at that game would have mattered a lot yeah and we had a, a, a banged up jared verse he still had that sack on the third down that huge third down sack i mean that guy's incredible but yeah injuries are are plaguing this team right now we uh we desperately need fabian love it back desperately mm-hmm. and you know and it's part of one of those things where you you watch the game and you think of injuries and you're like, are we going back to, you know, being the banged up injured team that we were that started losing back then? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I totally agree because when we played Wake last year, we had tons of injuries too. Uh, Robert Scott, same same thing. He wasn't playing again. I I don't want to say Fabian Love. He, I mean, he played last year, but we, were, we had a lot of guys banged up on the offensive line and they, you know, it showed last year. We got blown out by... We lost by 21 points a week for us last year, and this year it was 10 points. Granted, we still had a lot of people injured, but I mean, that's an improvement, like, as far as I'm concerned. We still lost. Granted, I'm not going to sit here and take a moral victory by any means, but I mean, that's a damn good football team. And, yeah. Like, that's, you know, it's nothing to hang your hats on, but Wake Forest is solid. Like you said, we all knew Hartman coming back. He had 50 touchdowns last year. I mean, it was, they went to the ACC championship. They almost won it. I mean, that team is legit, and, the fact that we were a seven-point favorite going into that game just frankly made no sense at all to me, but, you know, 
It didn't to me either. I mean, I, I I think Wake Forest is a lot better than people give them credit for. And that's, you know, it's part of the thing. I understand on paper NC State looks better. I get it in, in certain areas. But I've looked at NC State's schedule, too. I mean, their only loss being Clemson, but look who else they've played. We're yeah, like, UConn, ECU, <laughs> the school of Texas blind and deaf. Tech, yeah. yeah, no. Um, so, But Wake Forest is also the one that took Clemson into two overtimes. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those it's, it's one of those situations where Wake Forest almost beat Clemson, NC State lost to them clearly. Uh so on I think Wake Forest is a much better team than people have given them credit for. Yeah, and everyone loves to say like, "Oh, you know, you're moving the goalposts. Uh this is a Wake Forest team you were confident in beating." This team, go look at Wake Forest's offensive line. I think they're starting four redshirt seniors. And then the other kid is just a, a normal senior. So they're they're a very old, experienced team. That entire team knows the system like the back of their hand. I mean, Sam Hartman's like 24. I mean, he's 23 or 24. He's an old old quarterback. I mean, yeah. he, he has been running that system for years now. And, you know, that's just a darn good team. And, you know, they came in. We played not great, but they, you know, they gave it to us. And, you know, credit to them. Cause yeah. They, they're like I said, can't say it enough. They're they're a good team. They got everything they wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really did. Um, but you know, in comparison, the, I think the issue with me, of course, being NC State again, going back to going into the beginning of the season, I had a split between Louisville and LSU. Anyway, yeah, I think just about everyone did, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think I I wanted to win at least one of those. Um, now. I'm actually blessed to be in a position where I'm four and one, and I just wanted one of these. I wanted preferably two out of the next three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand this is the toughest part of our schedule. This is the stretch, you know, that we've talked about that we're in because we have Wake Forest, and then we have, I mean, we had Wake Forest, and then we have NC State this weekend, and then we're moving on to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Clemson being here. So that's a whole different animal. But it, the, uh, the issue for me is knowing that we will be in that environment you know, at NC State on Saturday night at Mm -hmm. 8 Mm -hmm. o'clock. However, our guys have shown us this year they're pretty good at playing on the road. Yeah, 100%. I I expect a a bounce-back game. We talked about this before before it started. I truly believe in, like, everyone, you know, you take this for what it's worth. You know, you can say I'm I'm changing my mind because we lost to Wake Forest. But I truly believe that Wake Forest is a much more fundamentally sound team than NC State is. NC State may have more talent. I think if you look at their, you know, their high school composite scores of all their all their kids on their team and whatnot, they probably have more four stars, three stars, whatever than Wake Forest. But I Wake Forest is a is a better team than NC State. And there's really not much that's going to change my mind unless NC State just wins out the rest of the year. I'm with you. I agree one hundred percent. And that was something that popped in my head. Even after that game, I was like you know, this team just isn't NC State. Um, I, I don't think Leary is Hartman. I mean, that's just, I, no matter what the stats say, and Leary hasn't been necessarily playing that well this yeah, year. Yeah, we were looking at the stats the other day. He had, last year, he had 35 touchdowns and five interceptions. This year, he is a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio compared to a 7-to-1. He has 10 touchdowns, three picks so far. So he's on he's on pace to throw a career-high interceptions of seven this year, which is... Something happened this offseason. I don't know. I need to look more in NC State. I don't know if they, I mean, they granted, they did have a left tackle get drafted in the top 10 of the draft. So that that was probably a massive boost to, to Leary's confidence, knowing that he had a first-round pick protecting his blind side. I want to look more into it, though, because I'm curious if they lost receivers or running backs or offensive coordinator, because he fell off a cliff this season. I mean, they haven't played anyone, and he has not taken advantage of it at all. So that's... 
kind of something to watch for this weekend, I think. No, and that, what you just brought up, like, the, um, I, I cannot pronounce his name, but I know he was drafted by the Panthers. I mean, he plays for the Panthers. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, they it, call him Icky. Icky. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm reading the comments too. Hey, Michael. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that did, uh, suffer, you know, he suffered a blow from that because instead of deep throws downfield, the way I see Leary play is he, he more tries to control the intermediate and short field if he's protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think losing, uh, you know, Icky to, that's kind of made him suffer. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. just losing one left tackle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, Devin Leary probably, I mean, I, I don't want to say probably. I'll be more definitive than that. He has more arm talent than Sam Hartman, but Sam Hartman just knows where to go with the ball at all times, and he's smart. He knows when to take the sacks, and he's not going to you know, give the game away. Granted, he almost did uh, that last drive. I'm sure you saw that when Greedy Vance almost had a, uh, a pick six, what it looked like the other way, and uh, yeah. instead got jumped over and... You know, gave up the first down, but that that was last week. We're not we're not focused on that. We're not focused. We're we, we're we're past that. Um, yeah, I had fun with that because the rivals were just like sitting there. They could, they had their memes ready. They were so ready to just you know make a comment, say something, and I and I'm laughing. Yeah, because I'm like I'm four and one still. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what y'all are doing. You know, um, it was hilarious to me because. My- Miami just hush. Yeah. Hush. Miami and Florida. Wake Forest would blow both of you guys out. That's what I said. Yeah. It's not, night. Like, I've been arguing that this entire weekend with Miami fans, Florida fans, UCF fans want to get in the mix, which is ridiculous. Wake Forest would put you on a leash and dog walk you around the court. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even be funny how bad it would be. So, save all the, you know, all the memes and whatnot. They'd kill you guys. I know. That's what I was trying to say. I was like, y'all would not last. But UF struggling against USF at home. Miami's losing to Middle Tennessee. You know who then? You know who then? Who then loses to UTSA? Like it's just just hush. Wake Forest is a very 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 fundamentally sound. Um, good team. So I will give kudos to them on that. Um, although I did have some problems with some of the things Clawson said. Yeah, well, we can talk about that in the next segment. Cause yeah, that, that kind of got blown over. That kind of got blown over. I'm gonna address that because I actually did um, have some comments made about that yeah. uh, that I want to address. So, all right, everybody, it's Danielle Kelly D Kelly Twenty One here talking with Hunter Steele. We'll be right back in just a second. Hey everyone, Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21 here with Hunter Steele. Welcome back. Talking a little bit more about Wake Forest and then going to talk more about NC State coming up. Um, completely different games in our opinion. If you've heard the first segment, uh, Wake Forest is not is a good team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. I, I don't think Noel fans have ever taken losing to Wake Forest lightly, and I will explain. Um, that's one that even put Coach Bowden on a hot seat at one point. That is, and Jeff Bowden, that is also, um, one that definitely put Taggart on the hot seat. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty much barring him 
beating Miami at that point. If Florida State fans have had this thing about not losing to Wake Forest, but like you just said, that Max said, um, this isn't your parents' Wake Forest team. <laughs> this is actually... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we just mentioned it. They almost won their first ever ACC championship last year. That's This is a completely different Wake Forest team. I mean, they're scoring points at a clip that... The school has never, ever seen – no, if you're a Wake Forest fan, you've never seen this dominant of a football team, and it's crazy. I mean, like, it's not like they're, you know, some world-beating football team, but they are just a very fundamentally sound – they know what to do, and they know how to execute it, and they go out and do it every week. And, you know, it's just – you you got to respect it just because that's what – I mean, Norvell has definitely gotten us on that trajectory these past like this past year or so. It's just getting the guys prepared and having them on on the same page, that's – that was 100% what Wake Forest did. And I mean, they dominated us. Yeah. And now it comes down to, like Coach Norvell said, how do we respond to this? Um, I have no doubt. I'm sure, you know, based on what we've heard this week, the guys are making adjustments, um, hoping to have some players back, definitely that are needed um, for Saturday. But going into that environment at NC State, you know, being an 8 p.m. game up there. Uh, it, it, but like I said, I, I our guys have played good on the road this year so this is a good chance to to rebound and bounce back um and then you know of course having Clemson come here after like we just you know reiterated it was the it's the stretch Uh, I did have some comments and I had to deal with that about uh Clemson I mean about Clawson (laughs) and his comments about the hurricane and some fans wanted the game moved um, and I took a hard stance on that. And I take hurricanes very seriously. I take weather very seriously. Um, I was up all week tracking that thing, uh, you know, but there was no reason not to have that game here. You don't just not have it, especially when our guys have already started fundraising. Our players are trying to help the victims of Hurricane Ian. Dylan Gibbons is just a godsend. Um, so thankful for everything he does because it's really bad down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awful. And I, my heart and my heart and my thoughts and my prayers have been with them. Um, but Clawson's comments were irresponsible. And I mean, it just, it is what it is. So I, if Florida State did the right thing and I told people that I said a hundred percent, even if we lose, you're not changing my mind on this. Yeah. I loved and shout out to, uh, recurring guest, I shouldn't say recurring guest, former guest on the show, Mike Alford. Right after that message went out where Clawson said, oh, you know, it could be like what we saw. It could be less people in Vanderbilt. I don't even think a day passed by and Mike Alford was like, you know what? Free tickets for everyone in the state. <laughs> Come on it. out. Yeah, that was I, – I freaking love that guy. He has just done everything that you could ask for out of an athletic director. And that was such just a power move, just like, oh, Vanderbilt, huh? Okay, the whole state, come come show your ID. You get a free ticket. Yeah, I loved it. And because part of the thing is evacuating is hard. Evacuating is hard. And a lot of people had come here. Being crammed up in a hotel room with your family for days on end and not knowing what you're going to find when you go home. Um, trust me, it's hard. I've done it. It is hard, hard, hard. Uh, and, you know, getting them out for a little while mm-hmm. and, you know, and giving them a chance to have something to go do free of charge. Um, was priceless to me. Great response by Florida State on that. So that was a victory in and of itself to me um, that we went forward with it and we did that to help them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, everyone, you make people make the argument to we could have got healthy and you know played them in a few weeks, but I don't know how much healthier we're going to get when we keep playing football games. I don't know what one bye week is going to do. I mean, 
granted, a, a week of rest will be good, but it's not like, you know, we're not going to play NC State this week and then Clemson and then have to play Wake. Like, they're down the road at some point. Like, we might as well just play them now because it's not like we're going to get healthier as the year goes on. I mean, after Clemson? Yeah. Of all, yeah, that's going to work. Yeah, obviously. we're hitting the toughest stretch of our schedule. And, you know, I just... Good thing we played. The better team won that game. It's it's just, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. The better team did win that game. We did not help ourselves with penalties. Yes, I understand we looked undisciplined at times. That has to change this weekend. Yeah, the one, uh, we made a good point of it the other day. The big change in that game, the Jordan Travis fumble was, and I love Jordan Travis, he's played out of his mind this year. That fumble was really, really deflating because we talked about it on the, on the other show. Wake Forest had just gone 12 plays, 90 yards. So a 12-play drive, defense had to have been absolutely gassed. I mean, they were getting Dying. hit with the underneath routes the entire game. The very next play, Jordan Travis fumbles, and Wake Forest gets the ball on R40. So the defense is right back out on the field, you know, just having to play again. So that right there, that's just little things right there where it completely swings the momentum of the game. And they go up 21-7, and then all of a sudden it kind of feels like a blowout. But it yeah. really wasn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things. No, it really wasn't in the grand scheme of things. But whatever, we definitely, it, honestly, though, you know, we do have a lot of adjustments on discipline and things like that to deal with to to pull off a win against NC State. But at the same time, I, I, I do believe, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Florida State was having a hard time adjusting to that slow mesh offense. I, I don't, I we really just, you know, people getting beat off the ball and everything. Like it was one of those. Like I, like I said, I always compare it to. They're not. They're not the same. You know, kind of style of play. But it's just one of those gimmicky things that's hard to adjust to. Um, Hartman's very good at running it. Hartman's already a great quarterback. Uh, but it, you know, reminds me of Georgia Tech with that triple option back in the day. Just it's one of those that'll sneak up on you and get you. And Wake Forest is really, really good at it. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think Leary is Hartman. I just don't. I mean, his, like we've said, he's kind of fallen off this year. Um, a, a key to me is because he's not done that great at deep throws downfield. Don't, don't let that door open. Mm -hmm. Do not let him start doing that using us as an example because that could end up disastrous. Um, you're going to have to control him because he likes to play that short field. Um, so pass rush is going to be key. Uh, to, <laughs> and and I, by all accounts, I'm assuming Verse is back. Yeah, yeah, he he's going to play this week. Yeah, he is going to play this week. The one we were still waiting to hear about, I believe, was Robert Scott. Correct? Yeah, I don't I don't know if he will be back. They had him listed on the depth chart as an or, but I don't. I don't know if he'll be back. This yeah, year. I don't know. But um, with pass rush and, and, and verse could repeat. I mean, we got four sacks against Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. um, he could repeat that and, and keep Leary off balance and keep him off, you know, his, his short game. And then do not, for the love of anything, um, let him open up on the long pass because he hasn't been able to do it. Let's not... <laughs> let's not start a trend, yeah. please. No kidding about that. No kidding, but... But we can do the log pass. I mean, that's a, you know, so, and just a, I would prefer, I don't know what happened during the Wake Forest game. I know I was screaming, Johnny Wilson, Johnny Wilson, like, because if it, it just felt like, I mean, we're throwing into double cover, I mean, to triple coverage with Cam instead of doing, I, I, I some of the play calling, yes. I was kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. No, I agree. But especially after the first drive, because it came out and, um, 
Jordan hit Johnny Wilson. I think it was Johnny Wilson for the touchdown. And um, we came out and scored the very first drive, and it was just a very efficient drive. We were getting big big chunk yards on every single play, and the very next drive, the entire win just you know came out of our sails, and we uh, we we were kind of dead in the water from that point. And on. them on third downs. Yeah. Oh my god! Ta- but that just is a credit to Sam Hartman and and that uh, that offense because you go and watch that game, and he was just taking what we were giving them. He wasn't trying to make the shot play every single third down. He was like, "Oh, you're gonna give me six yards? Boom, first down. Okay, there it is. Like I'm gonna hit the underneath route every single time. I'm not gonna force anything. I'm just gonna pick you apart in the gaps and." I mean, that was what he did. At the end of the game, they showed a stat. He was 7 of 7 on third down, and I think he had 80 yards and two touchdowns. So he just torched us on third down. <laughs> I was like, goodness gracious, can we not? That can't, we don't need, we do, that's got to change yeah. Saturday night. Um, that's, that was a key point to me is that this third down stuff, we can't do it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and that was kind of upsetting because, I mean, we were really great on third down against, I mean, offensive and defensively against LSU, against Louisville, against Boston College. So that was that was a little upsetting, but I think that kind of goes, you know, that's what happens when you play a, a good team like Wake. That's just going to take what you give them every single time and not not make the, the doy-doy plays, so to say. Yeah, exactly. So, fan base, y'all calm down. The season is by far not over. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, go back a couple months like prior to this and say we're 4-1 and one going to NC State. Would you take that? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. I, like <laughs> yeah. I said, I thought we were going to lose one of the Louisville or LSU. Yeah. I mean, you know, because I was worried about Cunningham and being on the road against Louisville, and we didn't know at that point how bad they were going to be. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I had a split between those two, so... Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, four and one. Yeah. We're going. We're, it's going to be okay, ladies and gentlemen. I promise. It's going to be okay. All right. This is Danielle Kelly, D Kelly twenty one, in studio with Hunter Steele. Going to take a quick break. Be right back. Hey everyone, Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21 with Hunter Steele. Welcome back. Um, we're going to finish talking about uh, heading into NC State this weekend um, and everything. And then in segment four, we are going to have a very special guest, Susie with Hands and Hearts for Horses. We're going to talk about a tailgate that's on a bye week, but for a very, very good reason. So we will have her in um, after this. But we are going to, I'm reading some of the comments now, uh, Bradford Ruth up there at Seminole Club of the Rockies. He says, hopefully it's the kick in the ass. We need to move forward. Yes. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Maybe we needed it. You know, maybe we needed it. No, and there's 100% truth to that because you got to remember at the end of the day, they're, they're 20 year old kids. I mean, like, there, there's still some immaturity there. Granted, I, I love every single kid on the roster and they're great kids, but like, at the end of the day, we are still kids. They're my age. And like, a lot of this stuff can go to your head. And, you know, sometimes you do need a a good kick in the teeth to kind of get you back on track. Yeah, stay humble. Yeah. And it it isn't like y'all lost to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things could be worse. <laughs> Things could definitely be worse. I mean, look at it that way. You could be Miami. You're not. You lost to a good team. And you're about to play a good team. Uh, Wake Forest, of course, being ranked number 14. Um, both of us coming off our first loss, them to Clemson, us to Wake Forest. Uh, us to Wake Forest. For, can I speak? <laughs> Forest. Um, 
you know, NC State has won four out of the last five, but let's go over their schedule real quick. (laughs) Yeah, no, let's do it. Quick quick deep dive for the people. Quick deep dive. Let me see, because I had it. Um, Because I know we've already covered it, but I just want to make sure I have it perfectly. Um, They've played ECU. One point win. Not to mention, they won that because ECU missed the point after attempt. Missed the extra point, and they won the game off that, so... Yes, and then get this. Ooh, they blew out Charleston Southern. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then they um, beat Texas Tech 27-14, to 14, and then they beat UConn 41-10, to 10, yeah. and then they lose to Clemson. Yeah. In that Clemson game, granted it was a 10-point game, it, it didn't feel like a 10-point game. And people will probably say that about FSU versus Wake Forest, but, I mean, they... Clemson was just handling NC State. They they were getting everything they wanted, and I mean, shout out to, um, I mean, Walt Deptula had the um, the the tip on it, but DJU has looked so much better this year, and you know he's going to be ready for when we play Clemson. So, I mean, they played a, a tough Clemson team, and they played them hard. NC State has a really really good defense, and you know we're going to see that come Saturday. They have. You watch, everybody on that defense flies to the ball. The linebackers, the safeties, the D-line, everyone's swarming the ball. So that's going to be something to watch. I'm very curious to see what our offensive mindset is and kind of what the plan of attack is because that defense hits and they cover the run real well. Yeah, they do. Six nationally against the run. Yeah, no, and they're no joke. They have a linebacker and do whatever you want with PFF grades, but this kid's ranked third in the nation among linebackers in stopping the run. And they have a, uh, another DN who's eighth in the nation. So they 100% know how to bottle up the run. And, you know, that's why I said I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious to see if we go with this, like, air raid, so to speak, mentality and just let Jordan Travis just air it out because they're, they won't be expecting that. I don't know if that's the best plan of attack, but I'd imagine we'll be seeing Jordan Travis throw the ball a lot. I, I was about to say, I mean, I, because our strength is our run game and they're like, their defense is very scary at being able to stop that. And if they bottle that up, you are going to have to. You know, Jordan Travis is going to have to throw, and he can. Yeah. I mean, he's done a good job. One thing, and I wasn't sure, some some people were asking me during the Wake Forest game, is uh, there was a lot of times he wasn't keeping the ball. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was about to mention. And I don't know if that's like an injury thing or what, but that, that kind of did stick out to me a little bit. I don't know if it was the play calls or what, but it did kind of something that was... You know, I questioned a little bit. Yeah, because there was one play that if he had kept it, he could have literally walked in the end zone. And that's, you know, <laughs> I mean, but that, like you said, that could be an injury thing. I, well, he, you know, he's coming off that ankle and he came back. Every, remember, everyone thought he was out a week or two and he ended up playing the very next game against Boston College. I'd imagine Norvell is kind of in his ear like, hey, man, if you don't have to run it, don't run it because we need you. Yeah, no <laughs> we, kidding. Yeah, he's like, we need your arm, you know. I love Tate. Tate stepped in, did what he needed to do against Louisville, but I don't know what this team's ceiling is with Tate at quarterback, and we need Jordan Travis. So I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. But you know, if it's a crucial play and he needs to pick up the yardage, I I would like to see him tuck it and run. I agree, and and we're about to play one of the better defenses that we've seen so far. Yeah. So, um, even though their offense has. Eh, you know, is sketchy at times. Um, one of the best, one of the better defenses we have definitely played. Uh, so we're going to have to uh, multiple ways of attack. You know, if they bottle up the run, yep. uh, which they're famous for, like you said, throw and and watch. Hopefully, J. Trav will be able to keep it and run some um, because. I don't know. Maybe they won't expect that after watching Wake Forest. I, I mean, I don't because he didn't do it much. I, yeah. Who knows? So, I mean, I think that's going to be key. Um, 
And then our defense getting to Leary. I mean, that's just, that's got to happen. Yeah, and it's, we, you know, it stinks. We have all these injuries among the D-line. Love it in verse. If we had them, I I really think we beat Wake Forest. I do, too. I think we we'd be 5-0. We had zero push up front, and you could tell, I mean, we were desperately missing Fabian Lovett. I mean, sh- guys like Josh Farmer, Pat Payton, Daniel Lyons, the young, young guys that are playing, they're playing really well. Like, Farmer and Payton have been playing really freaking well for young guys, but... It's that experience that you need, and you you we need Fabian Lovett. I mean, the guy he would have been a draft pick last year had he decided to go. And you know, I was surprised he came back, frankly, but he did what he did, and you know, we need him back. We need him back desperately, bad. Please, 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 <laughs> whatever it takes, um, because it, it's it's definitely showing. And then, like you said, having um, verse kind of banged up um, during the game against Wake Forest was a problem. So Still definitely. had a sack too. Absolutely torched the Wake Forest left tackle. <laughs> On a, uh, it was a huge third down too, and he just you know just pins his ears back and gets a sack. He um, I don't know what he's going to do after this year, but I've already seen a couple mock drafts that have him going in the first round. So I hope for the Seminole Nation's sake we get another year of Jared Verse. But if this kid keeps playing like that, we're not going to. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's he's awesome. torching it. He's lighting he it up, and you know credit to him because. You know, coming from an FCS school and we had Jermaine Johnson last year, I didn't know what his impact would be, and he has blown it away. He's blown me out of the water. I mean, yeah. he's a hell of a player. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he's so good. When well, we're going to need that, like we said, with the pass rush and everything else, because, uh, you know, and just repeating again what we've been repeating in other segments, um, Leary's more about intermediate and short field than he is those deep throws. So um, we got to... We gotta, if he's protected, if he's protected, we gotta get to that line. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we can do it. I, I'm on it. It's just literally, and I, but you know, I said this about Louisville and I said, you know, I've said this before. It's just the environment up there. It's their defense that scares me. Those are my two key factors that we have to overcome. Um, up there, honestly. But, you know, I was worried about playing at Louisville, too. So, yeah. And not to mention, we played this NC State team last year and Jordan Travis was hurt. And I mean, he, he hasn't even started a game against, against NC State. Yeah, we had Chuba start that one game at mm. NC State, and then Milton played the entire game last year, and it was still a relatively close game with Mackenzie Milton. Like, a, I, I don't like to dump on the guy too hard, but like, you know, he just he was a sitting like sitting duck back there, and we needed, especially behind that offensive line, we needed Jordan Travis for that game. And if you go back and look at the game, Florida State could have won that game against NC State last year. Granted, they're better this year, but. I mean, we bottled him up pretty well. We just, the offense was, you know, dead. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, and like we said, we did not have Jordan Travis for that game. I mean, yeah. he, he has not started against NC State. So this is definitely going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. And Florida State by far has one of the best there is. I mean, there is no question in that Jay Travis is whew, mm-hmm. awesome. So last year, Devin Leary threw for 314 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick on us. I'm going to guess that. That's not nearly as good this year. No. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Completed 21 of 32 passes. Uh, I don't see it this year. And I, you know, he might come out and prove me wrong. We'll see. He's just, he's not the same guy. And, you know, it goes back to, is it because he lost a first round left tackle or what? We'll find out. But I don't think he reaches that stat line. No, yeah. I don't. I don't either. Not if not with us. I I I think, I think defense. Uh, you know, and it it goes back to you know adjustments and this and that. I think the defense will be ready for Leary. Um, I think it's to me, 
again, going back to the point that the environment and their defense are what bother me the most. I think our defense, speaking of adjustments and stuff, you're dealing with a completely different kind of offense than yeah. you were with Wake Forest. Yeah. It is really hard to, like we've said, to adjust to that. I hate that slow mesh stuff. <laughs> and that, that slow mesh also makes up for lack of an O-line, totally, because it lets Hartman just sit there. And granted, the Waco line played well, but it gives you an extra blocker when you have that running back right there or the quarterback. I mean, it gives you just... It, it just adds a completely different element to the game. It, it's a total headache to defend. It's a total headache to defend, but I have a feeling that we're going to do better. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Tough it, environment, but um, tough I think we bounce back. Tough environment. We just can't. I don't, I don't want moral victories, but I don't want to lose big on this one. If we do end up taking a loss, um, I don't want to lose big. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, it's, we'll be tested, but it's, it's weird how confident I feel. I, I feel very confident. As a matter of fact, I think FSU can pull this off. I think this is our bounce back moment and let's capitalize on that and beat NC State. All right. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21. We will be speaking with Susie at Hands and Hearts for Horses about a very special tailgate on a bye week. Be right back. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21 in studio with Hunter Steele. Now we are joined by a very special guest, Susie Shin, uh, with Hands and Hearts for Horses. We're going to talk about a very special tailgate party, and it's actually on a bye week. That's because it's it's uh, it's about helping a big, big cause um, that helps a lot of people. So welcome, Susie. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's my first time on the radio. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your foundation and everything you do. I, you know, I've, I've heard about it from Christy. I've read about it. It's so wonderful. Um, but tell, tell our listeners how about everything you guys do. Yes, ma'am. So um, I'm the executive director of Hands and Hearts for Horses. We are a therapeutic horseback riding center located in Thomasville, Georgia. Um, we've been around since 2000, and our, our mission is to provide therapeutic horseback riding lessons to people with special needs over the age of four. So our clientele range from uh, children with autism to clients that have suffered a traumatic brain injury to older clients with MS and post-COVID, um, much more commonly as um, children that have anxiety, a post-traumatic stress disorder, um, have experienced some kind of trauma. So we really can kind of run the gamut. And um, so basically working with horses helps them in so many different um, avenues, whether it's um, physical benefits, cognitive benefits, um, just social benefits, behavioral benefits. So it's kind of, we, we use horses to really help and affect change for, for people that, you know, that are in need. That is so awesome. That is so awesome because I, I know that it's got to be so therapeutic, um, to them. I can only imagine because I know, um, Christy and her son Taylor, she, she does, you know, he does the horse therapy and it, it's just, it's wonderful to watch and see. Yeah. Christy is a huge proponent of, of our, our therapy and especially with her son Taylor. Um, there aren't a lot of activities that he can really participate in. And so with horseback riding, he loves the movement. He loves the motion, but he also loves the interaction. So being able to get him on a horse, get him to participate and have the physical benefits of him being able to be on a horse working. Everyone says, you know, when you're on a horse, you 
you feel muscles you've never felt before. Uh-huh. It's so that physical benefit of being on horse to help Taylor loosen some of his muscles, but sitting up and then also interacting with our volunteers and our staff, um, I think is just is some, it's something cool that we can provide. That is so. so fascinating. I love that. Well, you guys are having a huge benefit. Um, I can't hold it. I'll, I'm going to hang it. I, I wish I Am I on the camera somewhere? <laughs> no. Yeah, you are. You are. Okay, you flip back. Um, okay, because I thought it was on her, but I'll hold up the poster. But uh, this is the um, second annual tailgate party, Saturday, October twenty second at six at six p.m. And where where is this at, Susie? So it's actually at our facility at our barn in Thomasville. Um, it's off of uh, Lower Cable Road. So it's actually when you ride three nineteen up from Tallahassee to Thomasville, it's it's right there on your left behind Brookwood. Um, it's it's our annual fundraising dinner. Uh, Post-COVID, we had to make some changes, and so we decided to kind of step away from the very traditional, you know, stuffy um, fundraising dinner where, you know, you're seated plates and all that and really just have fun and, and hopefully bring people to our facility to share with them um, our clients, our horses, and just see um, – see the benefits of of what we can provide oh that's so wonderful and all fans are welcome y'all yes everyone <laughs> even, even that that other team i have a couple board members so i was like i'm not going to put your colors out but i'm an fsu alumni very proud so <laughs> even those other teams better yeah <clears throat> that's i respect that that's um thank you for doing thank you for your service <laughs> We got it. We got it. We got to give y'all some love too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, so. The second annual tailgate party is Saturday, October twenty second, six p.m. Um, and that is a bye week. Um, so you guys go for a great cause. I mean, this is so wonderful. So is it? Is it a, like fundraising or is it just? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So it's a fundraising dinner, but we do try to keep um, costs low. So our individual tickets are $40, but then we also have sponsorship packages available. Um, and basically, we just we want to have people come to the barn and, and check us out, maybe learn a little something about it, enjoy some football, enjoy some camaraderie, and um, you know, hopefully raise some money to support our, our therapy horses because they are really the, the crux of what we do. And you know the reason we can do what we do so that's just amazing to me i mean i can i can imagine how so how long have you been doing this so i have been volunteering with hands and hearts since 2011 um i became an instructor in 2014 so i am i've gone through being a a volunteer to all the way to feeding and now i'm the executive director so i'd sometimes like to go back to just feeding and not having to do the grant writing and the the admin work (laughs) i just want to play with the horses just want to play with the horses because they are therapeutic and i love what you said about how um because that was something i didn't even think about about how you know children who have um you know special needs or physical disabilities like being able to actually put them on a horse and 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 use muscles that they normally cannot use in everyday situations. Um, how therapeutic that must be as well on a physical aspect as well as the emotional aspect of them, you know, having the therapy time with the horses. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. We um, are all ADA compliant, and so the the diversity of clients that we can serve. We have a couple clients that are in wheelchairs and we have a mechanical lift. Um, all of our horses are immaculately trained and picked for for their unreal temperament, their tolerance for uh, things outside that normal horses really wouldn't be able to withstand. So being able to lift someone out of a wheelchair and put them on a horse and be able to have their body move without weight bearing, without having to stand in like a standing table or go and be in a clinic, um, I think it, it, it affects them in so many different ways other than just, you know, the physical. 
That is so amazing. I that is uh, so. You guys, please, if you can, and again, this is located at. Tell them exactly your location again, because I know some people may have missed it. So it is thirty eight twenty four Lower Cairo Road um, in Thomasville, and everything can be found on our website, which is handsandheartsforhorses.com. It's all plural, all spelled out. Um, so, and I'd be happy I found you guys your live feed, so I'll share it, and hopefully we can do some. We'll get. It's shared appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If we need to, if we need to trim it down to avoid having to talk about all the. <laughs> yeah. No. Whatever we need to do. We'll our sure our our, our, lo- our love for um, <laughs> rival teams and NC State and everything else. Um, no, but this is. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, so that is October twenty second again at six p.m. I'm going to keep repeating that. And for more information, you can go to handsandheartsforhorses.com. Um, just a really, really, really super um, thing that you're doing. I'm just. Is, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about your foundation, what you do, anything? Um, mostly just that we actually serve um, not only South Georgia, but all the way down to Panama City. We are one of two therapeutic riding centers that's in this direct area, the other one being in Valdosta. So um, what we do is, is, I think, such a niche thing, and it's really really important for our community obviously i'm biased but um but it is something that we we serve about 100 kids well people a week so we are really trying to anyone that is in need we make our best effort to serve our our big vision is that no client ever be turned away for inability to pay hence why fundraisers are so important as we really try to keep costs low and we have a huge scholarship program to ensure that anyone that comes that is in need we can provide services that is wonderful that is wonderful yes so for a great cause and she said tickets are forty dollars um and their sponsors there's sponsorship packets a package is available yes, so you guys can find out more information again at hands and hearts for horses.com um i just think that's amazing so is it so you're gonna have like a dinner or yeah we're a- gonna have a barbecue dinner music um drinks everything's included in your ticket price um we try to make it a family friendly event so we do have bounce houses we um we actually are situated on a 26 six acre farm so we have a sensory trail we have a playground um there's lots of room to run around but um, we have Dr. Jim, C- Jim Cable, who actually used to be the superintendent of schools in Thomasville. He's going to be playing with a band um, and an amazing local barbecue joint. Um, and also 1861, which is a really cool distillery that's up in Thomasville providing drinks. So we, we can get y'all set up. Just come in the door. That's Now that's the tailgate. Yeah. <laughs> Live music, barbecue drinks. You're, you're going to have to keep a, get a stick around and keep me away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beat me up to keep me out of there. If y'all are around, I'd love to have you guys come up. That is def- most definitely a tailgate. Yeah, I I mean I can't think of any like better components of a tailgate. I mean that's that's a trifecta right there. That is. So we and actually we are. I will make a valiant attempt. We 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 are in a black hole of Wi-Fi, but we do try to stream some of the major football games during the event. So you know those those diehard fans outside of Georgia and FSU that are, need to watch their games. We'll make sure to make sure to have them on. Okay, yeah, that's pretty because we. I, I don't even know who all is going to be playing that weekend. I haven't checked yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll find some SEC game to just completely blow up out of proportion that weekend. So. Yeah, they'll, 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 yeah, of course. You know that's coming. So, anyway. Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. And we will post that information, guys. $40 a ticket, Saturday, October 22nd at 6 p.m. More information at Hands and Hearts for Horses. Uh, barbecue dinner, drinks. 
you get to come out and see bounce houses, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that, that's a real tailgate right there. So I'm super thankful to you, Susie, for coming in today and talking with us about it. Thank you so much, Danielle, for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. And we'll, again, we'll make sure to post all that information on the page. So Yeah, we will do so. All right. So that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Okay, everybody. This is Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21, here at Real Talk 93.3 with Hunter Steele. Special thanks to Susie for joining us today and to all of you for listening in. As always, go Knowles. Go Knowles. Just like-